Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I put forth to you that the entire mask debacle in the United States is the fault of Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General. What? Oh, he was the guy who said, don't wear masks. And then he was the guy who said, wear masks. And it's like, what do I... What do I do with this information? I put it all on the Surgeon General. The problem is I happen to like him. And I had the chance to speak with him today in depth. And now, not as in depth as I wanted because I didn't get to ask every question. Like, I want an hour with the guy and go through some of the nuance. But he came uh, came with two things that I thought were interesting in this interview. Number one, uh, truly disgusted by the politicization of coronavirus. And I think actually angry that he feels that he can't get the proper word out to what he sees as the science regarding masks. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. I do not believe in government mask mandates of any kind. You have uh, Joe Biden talking about we should have a nationwide mask mandate for three months, Why three months? What's the proof that three months it's all going to be better? I mean, it's just this nonsense kind of verbiage that keeps spewing forth from people. Jerome Adams didn't say nationwide mask mandate, but he truly does believe in masks. And I had a chance to talk to him about it and ask, well, what is the question that I think we're all asking? Here is the question uh, as presented. Do masks actually do the job in preventing the spread of coronavirus, yes or no? The answer is yes, uh, based on all the evidence we have right now, but it doesn't do it alone. So here's the thing. Uh, Number one, this virus spreads person to person. And so the number one thing we can do to prevent spread of this virus is to maintain distance between us and another person who may have it. Add to that, they aren't going to be an end-all, be-all. And so in places where people have mask mandates, you still see, you can still may see cases going up like in Texas and in California. That doesn't mean the masks aren't working to slow the spread. What that means is that a mask can't overcome 10 people close to each other in a bar yelling at each other, um, you know, and drinking. And so uh, what I want people to understand is the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, what we're dealing with right now, is from a family of viruses that include MERS, which we dealt with in Indiana, and the common cold. And based on everything we knew about those viruses in February, um, decades and decades of research, uh, you, we didn't think you could spread it if you were asymptomatic. What that means is, Tony, if you and I are in a room together, and you have a cold, you're going to have a runny nose, watery eyes, uh, a fever. You're going to feel bad. You're going to look bad. And you're going to know to stay away from me. And I'm going to know to stay away from you. What we learned about coronavirus in February, March, which is why the recommendations changed, is up to 50% of people in some cases can spread it without symptoms. They look and they feel fine. And that's why we added on the mask recommendation. That's why we changed. And I want people to know that's how we get back to a safe reopening. Too many people are making this political making it one versus the other, reopening versus health. Look at New York. They were the hardest hit place in the world, uh, most deaths in the world, and now their positivity is under 1%. Without a vaccine, without a miracle therapeutic, simply by following what I call the three W's, wash your hands, wear a mask, and watch your distance. Now, I, I interrupt uh, 
because I, I wanted to hear, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this, guys. I'm very guilty of this in an interview, and it's why I prefer the real long form. I want to hear what people say. I am listening to what it is they say. It doesn't mean that I don't notice some things that I disagree with. Don't cheer New York for me. When you had the number of deaths that you had, you certainly had people not paying attention. The U.S. Naval Ship Comfort, right, the big uh, naval uh, floating hospital comes into port, and people were shoulder to shoulder to watch it show up. Never mind what happened in nursing homes and the horror of deaths there, which is a future conversation I hope to have with the Surgeon General. You can argue a low positivity rate in New York versus, let's say, where I live in Indiana. And he, uh, Jerome Adams was the former state health director of Indiana. So he was very Indiana focused in our conversation, not trying to leave anybody else uh, out. But we were on, you know, my morning show is in Indianapolis. So that's where he was a bit focused. But New York does not ring as the best example of look what you can do when. It ran like wildfire. People died. People in nursing homes died. And those numbers are absolutely false because many more people died because of nursing homes, even if they didn't die in nursing homes. And it's not recorded as such. But let's get back to what it is the Surgeon General said which means stay six feet from others and avoid crowded places. And if you want to go to the 500, if you want to see the Colts play in the fall, young people, if you want spring break and in-person graduations next year, then uh, we got to take these basic public health measures. They're inconveniences, yes, but they're small inconveniences compared to us being able to reopen and to stay open. I think Americans have no issues with the very concepts of small inconveniences. They have massive issues with things being made uh, political because to make the argument of New York a- a- as you do, it's a very different situation, as President Trump said, let's say in other parts of the country, as Joe Biden, the Democratic presumptive nominee, says there should be a national mask mandate. Should there be a national mask mandate? Well, here's where I stand on that issue. Um, It's easy to say you want a national mandate. It's another thing to say how you're going to operationalize it. I'm not against mayors or governors uh, doing mask mandates, uh, but to do a mandate, you have to have enforcement. And the enforcement happens at the local and state level. Right now, you've got a whole lot of states that aren't too happy about federal enforcement and federal troops coming in to enforce uh, federal laws. And so... uh, Enforcement is one tool that we have, but the other tools we have, I call them the three E's in public health. Enforcement, education, and engagement. And as a doctor, as a public health advocate, uh, it's why I appreciate you giving me the time to explain the evolution on masks because we need to educate people. I believe people, especially Hoosiers, will do the right thing if you give them the right information. We also need to engage them. Every single pacer, every single occult, uh, every single Indianapolis 500 driver that wants these things to come back needs to be on their social media channels normalizing mask wearing. Now, that is very true. Politics is downstream of culture. If you can get people to talk about things in culture, you can get people to be far more effective. You you can be far more effective in in moving a, a message. Um, so I did uh, disagree with the New York conversation, but when he gets to the to the politicizing there, as, as, as he's discussing, and this idea of can you force a nationwide mass mandate, as I took the Surgeon General's answer, it was no. You can't force a mask mandate. It just doesn't work like that. And I think this is when he discusses his problem with the politicization, the politicizing of everything. This is part of it. 
It isn't just the, oh, I'm not going to wear a mask. You can't force me to wear a mask. It's the other side that gets way too radical and we're going to force everyone to wear a mask. I don't argue that wearing a mask stops something from spreading forward. And his conversation of these asymptomatic carriers, we now know, yeah, this science is getting new and different every day. I argue that the scientists still don't have a handle on everything. And we got into that conversation. When you talk about masks, which, again, I don't see the most of people having an issue with as just doing something that, that you would argue is smart. The question is, why does it go along with the shutdowns of places? If you tell me to be six feet from somebody, that's different than telling me I can't operate my business. These things shouldn't be hand in hand, and yet they are. This is where a lot of the anger comes from and a lot of the pushback comes from because when you talk about health sir you can't deny and i and i would love for you to expand upon what you're seeing regarding mental health regarding um the the amount of cases and and medical procedures that people aren't going for aren't going to their doctor for because they're afraid of coronavirus so therefore not seeing their doctor or not hitting even an er when they need to well you you hit on uh some great points and the one thing i've got to say is I, I agree with you. I understand the frustration that, that people have. Uh, at first, it was about flattening the curve while we learned about how to treat this virus, learned about what it was. And uh, we didn't want people to die unnecessarily. And, and I'll be honest with you, um, not my projections, but a lot of my colleagues' projections were wildly out of touch with, with reality. Um, people were predicting a million, two million deaths. And uh, every death is a tragedy, but we are far below that. And that's a testament to the, the American people doing the things that we asked. And now mortality rate is down, meaning the number of people who die based on the number of people who get the disease. Um, we've got remdesivir and steroids. Uh, we're, gonna, we're on record pace for a vaccine. Uh, the American people have done the right thing. Uh, but here's what I want people to know, because I know they've got fatigue. Uh, when you look at other times in this country when we faced a national challenge, you go back to World War II. And that was six years, six years of people being sent to die, six years of people um, not being able to have a regular life. Uh, we can get through a year of, of, of inconvenience. And uh, as far as the timeline, I talk to Tony Fauci almost every day. Um, I'm going to talk to him when we get off, the, get off this call. Uh, we still expect a vaccine by the end of this year, early next year. And he has said that he also expects a vaccine. But I need to go back to what you just said. Uh, Defeating uh, the the Nazis is one thing. But if we keep getting told, well, the virus is still around, so we can't open this business, so we can't get back to life here, there comes a moment where the American citizen says, stop it. We'll deal with the threat. We're going back to our lives. So how can you begin to tell people... If we do X by Y time frame, it will all be done. You don't know. And Dr. Fowler. Well, here's what we do know. And again, we're collecting data every single day. If you look at Spain, if you look at Italy, if you look at New York, these were three of the hardest hit places in the entire world. They now are open again for tourism. They're open again for schools. Their, their bars and restaurants are open again. And so we literally have data right now that says if you do X, then you can achieve Y outcome. Uh, we also have data when you're looking around that says that places that didn't do these things uh, actually now are having to shut down because their positivity rates are going up. And when you speak about hospitalizations and deaths, I also want people to understand the timeline. 
the cases you see today are based on the actions that were taken two to three weeks ago from my three W's, wash your hands, wear a mask, and watch your distance. And the deaths you're seeing today are from four weeks ago. So what we worry about when we see these positivity rates coming up, and Indiana's in the yellow, Marion County and Allen County are actually in the red for positivity rates, is that if you don't do something today, then two to four weeks from now, you're gonna see hospitalizations go up and deaths go up. And they're seeing that in Texas, uh, you saw in the Southwest, hospitals did start to get overrun again with a second bump. That's what we're trying to ward off. And I want people to understand the best way to get places open, and I'm confident this can happen because I've seen it happen, is for us to cooperate with these public health measures. I don't want these places to shut down. They're being shut down because people aren't following directions. They're gathering together tightly, and the virus loves it. The virus is going to virus. And no matter, no matter who we are, no matter who you vote for, no matter what you believe, uh, the virus is going to virus. And if people are close together, that's going to make it easier for it to spread. We need to drive down that positivity rate, and that will allow us to open schools, open worship, open restaurants. I'm confident of this. Uh, we've just all got to have the will, the fourth W, to do the right thing. Now, let me be perfectly clear. Worship is always open. Go to church anytime you want. Do not pay attention to any rules whatsoever. No one's allowed to tell you when and where you can worship. Uh, number two, uh, I don't deny the Surgeon General's uh, sincerity. That's Jerome Adams, who I'm talking to there, Surgeon General of the United States. His belief that the virus is going to virus, and you can't have people crowded together. I did not get into the specifics of, well, what about protests? I know what the answer is going to be. Every answer from anybody political, and yes, of course he is is going to be any large group. You saw Dr. Anthony Fauci be asked about this by Jim Jordan. He wouldn't say, well, the protests are wrong. Any large gathering is, is wrong, right? Because the virus is going to spread in, in that way. The mask conversation creates problems because it has people saying, well, if I wear the mask, it won't spread. But if I'm in a restaurant, that's okay. And I can take it off to eat, but I have to put it on to use the bathroom. That is odd and peculiar stuff. And how a restaurant can have a bar, but you can't sit at the bar. Why can't I sit at the bar? Well, everyone's too close. Well, what if I put the seats uh, six feet apart? Nope. Well, that's silly. Now you have places that have uh, in, in West Lafayette, Indiana, where Purdue University is, they now have a midnight curfew. The coronavirus, uh, it gets worse after midnight? What are you talking about? What? What? Yeah, yeah, it's, it is It is the gremlins of viruses. You know, you can't feed it. And, uh, and that's it. What is it because people be drunk and they'll be taking off their masks more? It's human nature is not the conversation here, because if it is, we have to accept the fact that the human nature conversation is not that people don't listen to authority. It's that people think they should have authority over others. That's the human nature conversation that we're seeing. That's where the power struggle is. Have the goalposts been moved from flattening the curve to some other thing? Yes. And do we have multiple businesses in the crosshairs that continue to be abused and there is no caring whatsoever? Yes. Am I okay with that? No. Am I angry with the Surgeon General? Not particularly. Because I can appreciate what he's trying to do. But remember, now that I have seen doctors in this conversation all have a theory 
a thesis about opening and all be very nonchalant about shut this down, shut that down. Doctors cannot see the totality of a conversation. They are not people who should be allowed to determine policy. I am not angry with doctors. Certainly, I could not be speaking about all doctors. But the doctors that I see cannot be trusted with public policy. They can be, in some cases, trusted with data. Because we've seen some people get far too political. It's been ugly. Me, my faith in my faith in Dr. Fauci to be able to tell me what an infectious disease is. Yes, my faith in him to give an answer to anyone that provides a value uh, or or doesn't then change the next day because he wants to look good to that person. Uh, No, I have no faith in him. I think that he is very, very interested in the camera. And that's a real problem. I need people who are very, very interested in beating this virus. I still say to you that this focus on shutdowns is one of the ugliest things that we have seen. That it is dangerous, that it is violent, and that it is unnecessary. You want to argue that if you've got a thousand people in a bar, uh, you know what I mean? I'm using that number. You have more of a chance to spread the virus? Absolutely. If it's not also the same to protests to the point that they are physically broken up, you are unserious. Therefore, the bars must be able to open. Now, should you go to the bar? Well, I think that's up to you. There is a small racetrack near Indianapolis called the Speedrome. And so they had some races. And uh, literally the, 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 the stands were packed. Packed. And they got a health code violation. Oh, my goodness, this incubator. Something that the press here would never talk about with protests. They, they don't talk about it. Well, the people at the Speedrome weren't wearing masks. True. They should have been. They would have had a lot less problem if they were wearing masks in the main. Maybe not everyone, but in the main. They would have had less issues. The speed drum probably would have had less problems, the venue. But they don't say anything about the protests. They don't say anything about the large-scale gatherings going on all across the country. They say nothing. And that's why you cannot accept their arguments from the press on these subjects. And until health officials say those protests can't happen, break them up. Until they verbalize that without fear. Well, the bars should be open and the restaurant should be open and people shouldn't have to worry about uh, anything. Just go to it. Wash your hands. Stay away from people you don't know. It's the best you can do. You wear a mask. Uh, you don't wear a mask. I, 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 I don't believe in mandates. I think it's very clear that they think that masks work, especially in this asymptomatic world. So it was a fine conversation with with the Surgeon General Jerome Adams, and I'm, and I'm glad we had a chance to have it. I'm glad we got a chance to talk. It's clear to him, and he wanted to make it clear to everybody else, that they've learned enough now about the asymptomatic carrier that they believe it's a real problem. People have coronavirus, have no symptoms, and then they can spread and share it. With, with other people. I think that would mean, you know, maybe if you think you can more easily get it, you should wear a mask. And if you think you can't spread it, uh, that, that should be a, still a conversation. But he wanted to make sure he got that out. I was very happy to, to hear him say so. Then we can debate it and discuss it. But as a way of policy, not even the Dr. Adams, not even the Surgeon General's got it right. You can't say that the bars should need to remain closed while we don't say protests need to stop. You know, my problem is 
I don't think protests should stop. Protests should always happen, just like church should always happen for those who want to go and nobody can get in your way. I'm sorry. I put the bars in the same category because for some people going to the bar is protest and for others, it's church. I'm Tony Katz.